0: Good to be with you guys tonight. Welcome to Citizens Youth. i will take you uh, I'll let you take a minute to grab your seat. What an awesome time. What a wonderful opportunity it is to sing together, to gather every week. Wow. It was so funny earlier. Like we were like we've been looking for like a couple of drummers, like we need a few drummers to help us out. And then Tyler, who usually plays guitar, he's really good at guitar, he was like, well, I can play the drums. And we're like, well, we've never heard you play the drums before. And then he just like played right now. I was like, dude, you're amazing. You're going to be a drummer forever. Anyway, good job, Tyler. And for the rest of the team, thank you guys for leading us in in musical worship every week. It's a a blessing. And uh, man, I don't know if you know, just like what a blessing it is to have the team of people that we have in this room. I, I just feel like, and I felt it as I was preparing today for the message, just there are so many leaders and people on the tech side and people who help with the band and there's just so much work that goes into making this weekly gathering happen. And it is certainly not just me or Courtney. There's so many people doing so much work. And so um, I just wanted to thank them for all the work, the people on the band and everything else. So great job, everybody. Thank you for, um, the countless hours you guys put in this ministry. So we get to open the Bible together. All of this, all of the work goes to uh, opening the Bible together, to singing together. And tonight we're continuing on in our series called Love and Wisdom. Ayo, love and wisdom. All good Christian relationships. Every Christ-honored relationship with a friend, with a parent, with a loved one needs to intersect at the, the corner of love and wisdom, right? And there's truth in there and truth is love. Um, but love and, and truth and wisdom, it's all this uh, intersection in all Christian uh, relationships. So I want you to open up back to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. We're starting verse 20 tonight. And so open your Bibles right now. Come on. I want to see those pages turning. Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs. Let's go. It's pretty much right in the middle of the Bible, right? It's Proverbs and Psalms. If you just split in the middle, they're pretty much going to be there. We're be verses 20 through 27 tonight. But as you're flipping there, I want to tell you a story. I wanna tell you a story. Look up here as I tell you this very serious story. Okay, so tonight we're talking about love. Ayo, the title is just a heart emoji. No words, it's just a heart. Everyone can make this. Look at your neighbor, hello. Tell them that you love them, it's okay. So we're talking tonight about love, specifically about relationships. When we talk about relationships tonight, we're talking about dating relationships, romantic relationships, whoa, crazy stuff. (laughs) And I thought it would be appropriate to tell a story about my wife to begin. My wife's amazing, her name's Jocelyn. she just led for us. Um, and so I wanna tell you this story. So, I wanna tell you about the time I bought my uh, wife's engagement ring. <gasps> yes, so sweet, so awesome. So Jocelyn and I met five and a half years ago at school, Liberty, in uh, 2016. We meet, we were friends for a long time. Uh, for over a year before we developed feelings for one another. And it was right before, like I mean right before, like we started talking, I was uh, got this job offer to go uh, work at a church out in Chicago. And we lived in Virginia at the time, going to school. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to leave to go do this job that I'm really excited about. But this thing, right? Like we're talking, I don't know what it is. So then we decided to long distance date for 18 months I know, it's crazy. I know, it's insane. So Chicago, Virginia, you guys on the West Coast are like, where's that? It's far away. It's not, they're not super close to each other. Um, so anyway, we are long distance for a while. But then she moves to Chicago suburbs in 2019. And then it's like, OK, things are going to get serious. She was living with a friend at the time. I was with some roommates. And it was like, OK, things are getting serious. And uh, we talked about it. And I talked to her parents. Her parents gave me the A-OK. And then we were going to get engaged. But I needed to find a very expensive piece of jewelry very expensive. Okay. And so I find, you know, I do, I do some research. I'm looking around. I find on the internet, actually, there's a shop locally that has this ring that is just perfect. It's so cool. And I'm like, yes, this is the one. And so I endure about uh, the worst tra- traffic I've ever seen in my entire life, of course. Right. And I just make it to this place and I see it with my own two eyes. and I'm like, yes, this is the one I want. And so uh, before I was to make this major purchase, I had to make the, a withdrawal from the bank basically all the money I've ever made in my life was going to go to this piece of jewelry and it's fine. And so luckily for me, um, I was downtown Chicago and uh, there's a branch of the bank that I go to or work with and um, like right down the street. And so I'm like, perfect, I'll just go to the bank, get everything settled and I'll come back and I'll buy this ring. And so I walk a few blocks to this branch, and I walk in, and so we're getting things settled, right? Like, I had to update a few things on my account, things like that, and, like, A-OK, like, typically when you make a big withdrawal, banks are like, are you trying to, like, buy this? And you're like, yes, I am, thank you. And so I was just figuring all that out. And while I was there, I was getting kind of bored, right? Like, we're figuring out paperwork stuff, and I'm about to make this major purchase. And I was just talking to this guy, and then just, like, middle, like, halfway through the conversation, I was like, I've never seen the inside of, a like, a vault, like a bank vault. And I was like, I wonder if, and I just, like, went, I shot my shot, and I was like, hey, man, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but can I see, like, the inside of the vault for this bank? Because it's, like, a big bank, it's super cool, right? I'm like, I have, like, this much money in my account out of all this money, so, like, can I see, like, the vault? And the guy just kind of, like, looks at me, he, like, raises his eyebrow, and then he goes, like, he shrugs, and he's like yeah uh just down the hall it's down that hall uh two doors on the left uh you'll see it. you can't miss it and i was like oh sweet thank you and so i get up i walk down the hall i just open the doors like they're all open so whatever i walk in second door on the left and i'm like oh perfect here it is so it's this little outer room and i walk into it and then there it is it's a massive like vault door and it's like 10 foot tall and it's just like cracked open and i'm just like looking around no one's there and i'm like sweet this guy's figuring out my paperwork. Just listen, listen. This guy's figuring out this paperwork, and I just open, and it's like 100, No, oh no, it's like a, like tons. It's so heavy, and I, but I'm able to barge it open. I walk in, and it's not as much as you would think, but there's, like, piles of cash there, right? You know, there's, like, piles of cash. There's some jewelry, some gold. And, but the cool thing is there were all these deposit boxes all up and down the walls, and they all had keys in them. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so I just, like, kind of looked through people's stuff, and there was, like... <laughs> there was a bunch of cool stuff and i was like this is awesome but then but then towards the end i see sitting in this one deposit box a ring that looks suspiciously like the one i'm about to buy and i'm just doing some thinking to myself i'm like okay what if i just took it and so i did and so i took it and put it in my pocket and then i go out and talk to the guy hold on and i was talking to the guy and i was like you know what? i don't need to make this withdrawal anymore I'm just going to walk out. And then I walk out, and I propose a few weeks later. How nice is that story? <laughs> Do we believe me? Believe me. This is for believe me. This is, this is for don't believe me. Thumbs down if you're like, no, that didn't happen. Wah, didn't happen. It's, it's, a, it's a lie. I'm joking. Did not happen. It is all a joke. I did buy a ring with my own money. I did not steal it. Okay, so you're, I'm telling this story, and like halfway through, you're like, this guy's not telling the truth. Why is that the most ridiculous story you've ever heard, right? Because nobody in their right mind, nobody who is a sane person who operates a business, specifically at a bank, would let some random dude just walk to the most essential parts of the whole operation, right? For all intents and purposes, the vault is at the middle of like this banking industry, right? it's the place where you put all the valuables it's the place where the entire operation just happens and if you let anyone into it if you let anyone see or walk around or like poke around there's going to be problems. If you've ever been to a bank, you know that this story couldn't be true. There's probably 200 cameras. There's multiple staff personnel. There's multiple key codes, accesses. Not even people who work at banks can just like walk into the vault without like any permission or even by themselves. There's a strict process to go through to gain access to this thing. And I'm here tonight and we're going to read in scripture here in a few minutes about something that is so much more valuable than anything hidden behind a vault door. We're gonna to talk tonight about something that is so much more precious than any number of, uh, of dollars or any number of currency can possibly quantify. It is so much more valuable than that. But the problem is, every single one of us, one of us has this, we have possession of it, but many of us in this room do not protect it Whatsoever, And the thing we're talking about is the exact title of the message, and that's our hearts. Tonight in Scripture, we're going to see a passage in uh, Proverbs chapter 4 that tells us to guard our hearts, to guard and protect our hearts with all vigilance. Many translations say keep, many translations say protect, guard, whatever it may be. Your heart is much more valuable than any amount of gold, than any amount of money, but oftentimes we don't protect it whatsoever. And when we don't have specific boundaries, when we don't have specific rules, when we don't value truth as much as we sh- should, sometimes people or things gain access to our hearts because we weren't properly watching out to protect our hearts. And I've never seen this happen more often. I've never seen our hearts up for grabs or out in the open or up to attack than when people start getting into relationships, specifically in middle school and high school. I've watched it happen so many times with friends or people I know very well. They're, they're living out truth, they're guiding, they're walking in a certain path, and one bad relationship happens, and it's like they were wrecked because they didn't guard or protect their hearts. And so tonight we're talking about relationships. Yes, romantic relationships. Yes, love in our hearts. But don't tune me out. If you're seventh, eighth grader and you're like, girls are gross. Don't tune me out. There's truths in this text. Listen, I promise you, there are truths in this text that will apply to you if you listen to them and take them to heart. There are truths that will apply to you even if you're like, I am single and not ready to mingle. Okay, amen. But I am telling you, there are truths here that you need to latch onto. And if you are dating someone in this room, yes, it is more directly applicable to you tonight. Our heart, it's our spiritual, it's a spiritual term referring to the innermost part of our being, it's where our emotions, our motives, and our very being dwells. When God looks at you, he looks at the heart, right? Another spot in Proverbs says, man looks at outward appearance, right? What you wear, the way you talk, the way you look, the way you dress, what you have. Man looks at all those things, but God looks at the heart. He doesn't care much about those things I just listed, but he cares about your motives. He cares about where you stand in relationship to him. He cares about what is dwelling in your hearts. And in this passage, we are told to protect it, protect it, protect it. Guarding your heart while you date or explore a serious relationship looks like two things. Two things for a wise relationship. Treasuring truth and growing closer to Jesus. If you can do both of those things in a relationship one day, that is how you're going to guard your heart. So let me pray for us, and then I'll read this text. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. I pray that you would um, guide us and direct us to understanding that we wouldn't be... Um, distracted, that we wouldn't say, oh, this doesn't apply to me because of X, Y, and Z. I pray that we would understand that these truths, uh, to guard our heart and to know truth and to value and treasure truth is to be applied at all times. And so we love you. Help us to be wise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Proverbs 4, chapter, or chapter four, verse 20, it says this, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape your sight. Keep them within your heart. There it is, important word. For they are life for those who find them and healing to all flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. The first thing tonight wise relationships treasure truth. Wise relationships treasure truth. Christ honoring relationships. Keep truth close to their hearts, always. You can't have a good relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a future spouse if you can't agree on what's true, and more specifically, what you're supposed to do about that truth. You can't get anywhere in a relationship if you don't agree on what's true, and then you don't agree about what to do about that truth. Again, the book of Proverbs, it's wisdom literature. We look at this, the first 10 chapters of Proverbs, it's this story, it's this crying out to be careful and to pay attention. And it's, it's this fatherly or grandfatherly figure, this wise old man and this young kind of guy who needs to gather up wisdom. And he says, my son or my daughter, right? It could be applied to both. My son, my daughter, listen, be attentive to my words, incline your ears, aka listen to what I'm saying. Let my truths, the truths and the wisdom I have and the truths from scripture, let it not escape from your sight. Don't forget it. Keep them within your heart. Any Christ-honoring relationship, romantic relationship, relationship with someone that you like, like, it will not go well. It will not go anywhere unless you treasure truth mutually together. And if you can't agree on what's true, well, then it's truly not going to go anywhere whatsoever. There needs to be this level playing field when it comes to a relationship, right? There needs to be this understanding. There needs to be this guidance and wisdom that leads the relationship. So imagine this. So so many people, um, you know, I play Settlers of Catan a lot. It's the best game ever, and I've talked about it before. It's very good game. Some people have their own house rules, and that's OK. Most people have some slight variation of how to play. Like they, oh, this happens first, or if we roll this after this round. And there's slight modifications. And I I totally like to accept that. But this one time, I was playing with a couple. And if you know anything about Settlers of Catan, there's a very specific way to set up the board. You shuffle it, you lay it out, and then you have to follow the numbers. On the back of the number, there's a letter. And then you follow the letters A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And you go around, don't get me started. I will scream. I'm going to kick you out. But here's the thing. Someone, and maybe it's you too, I don't know. They just were like, you can set the numbers anywhere on the board. You can shuffle the numbers. That's not true. Okay, if I'm in a room full of people who think that's true, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And then I'm like, you can't just put the numbers anywhere because you could put the six to the eight and then they're like, there could be a bunch of good numbers here and a bunch of bad numbers here. And they're like, yeah, that's just kind of fun. And I'm like, no, it's not. And it just bugged me out so much, okay? I seem to have struck a nerve with some people. Some people are like, I do that all the time. Okay, let, let me put it like this. Let's say more specifically, let's say it's like a basketball game. If you play three on three with like a couple of buddies and then some guy comes in and he's like, well, I thought every basket was eight points wait, I thought thought this shot was like 15 points, or like, I thought I could take four steps without dribbling, right? But then the other guy's like, no, it's just three steps without dribbling. One guy's like, what, that's not true. And then there's never this common agreeing and understanding, and then you just kind of go out and play. What happens with that game? It's not gonna go well, right? It's just gonna be chaos, right? There's just gonna be miscommunication. There's not gonna be, unless you can all agree to the ground rules, right? It's not gonna go anywhere. And so when we read these verses in scripture, right, this idea of valuing truth, treasuring truth, more than just listening, but actually valuing truth, we have to think about our relationships with our future uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, our current boyfriend and girlfriend, and we have to ask ourselves, is truth guiding us? And do we believe and understand the same things? From a biblical worldview, there's a few crucial questions you need to ask before you even consider dating someone. And if if you don't, then there's still time to discuss these things. But this is absolutely essential for you to discuss before you start dating. Um, Number one, what's the point? What's the point of dating? Like, even that question alone can cause debate, right? I would say, from a biblical worldview and from what our church believes, you need to have a proper understanding of Genesis 1 through 3. You need to have an appropriate view of Genesis 1 through 3, a.k.a. manhood, womanhood, sexuality. What does it all mean to you and to this other person? And it's the truth from Scripture residing in both of your hearts. Because if you try and date someone and they don't really agree on what the boundaries are, they don't agree on what the rules are or what the point is, it's not going to go well. That's a major red flag. Number two, what's the goal? So what's the point? What's the goal, right? Kind of the same thing. Where are we going would be a better question. What's the point of marriage and dating? Now, if we're talking about dating from the Bible, there is no reference to dating in anywhere in the Bible. Fun fact, that word isn't a word that is used in scripture. And so we have to look to wisdom, right? The wisdom literature to kind of pull these themes and ideas out to help guide us. But of course, what's the goal? Well, again, looking at uh, Genesis 1 through 3, God created everything. He created man, he created woman. He created them to live together. And there's a beautiful thing that happens when a man and woman is married and you have to agree that to date there, there, there should be the end goal of, of marriage in mind. And you might be like, well, I'm in sixth grade. And I'd be like, yeah, I know, right? But dating is for marriage, I believe, because I believe that if you, if you walk in and you don't have that end goal in mind, then you're just going to end up with hurt. And if there's not a clear understanding of it, right, then there's no one to blame unless you value truth above everything else first. So, what's the goal? Where are we going? What's the point? Is it for marriage? Is it for a future together? And then another thing, you know, what's in their heart? What is in this person's heart? You have to ask some questions about Jesus and the Bible. Who is Jesus to this person? What does the Bible mean to them? Where's their treasure? Do they love Jesus more than they love you? Do they love Jesus and the Bible more than they love the idea of being with you? Because if they don't, then again, it's this level playing field. There's gonna be a miscommunication. There's gonna be something that happens. And friends, you need to, if you are exploring, if you're trying to date someone now or in the future, you need to make sure that they love Jesus and are following Jesus. Well, they're not a Christian yet, but I'll take them to church. I'll show them. I'll teach them how it goes. I promise you, this missionary dating in high school, it doesn't go super well. It doesn't go well. And if they're getting into a relationship with you and they don't value the same truth that you do, I promise they're not going to sporadically do this 180 necessarily right away, right? And so there's a few things. One, what's the, what's the point? What is your understanding of what it even means to be a man and a woman? What are the appropriate boundaries physically that we need to put between us? Marriage and dating, what's the, what's the goal of this thing that's happened? Jesus in the Bible, what's in your heart? And then finally, how do they value you and your future? Where's their treasure? Where are they putting their value? Where are they putting these things. Be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life. This is talking about truth. This is talking about wisdom. This is talking about guidance, for they are life to those who find them and healing to their flesh. Verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life your heart's the most valuable thing about you. It's who you are before God. And so verse 21, let them not escape from your sight. Imagine this, right? Imagine being so locked in on truth. Like it's like, I can't lose sight of it. And so often when we try and date someone, when we try and talk to someone, even when we have emotions and feelings for someone else, we can slowly gradually drift our attention and look towards things that are not as important, right? And we can lose sight of this truth. Imagine this, like a, Courtney and Joel are having their baby in like a few weeks, which is insane. We're very excited about that. <laughs> Baby's going to be awesome. Yeah, we can glad for that. That's fine. And imagine this, okay? Like it's a few months from now. And like, let's say Jocelyn and I are like, hey, Courtney, and Joel, go have like a night. And like, we'll watch your little, little son. I promise you, well, first of all, they probably wouldn't ask me. But that's okay. Maybe my wife, but definitely not me. But imagine this. They're like, all right, number one rule like when watching a baby is like, maybe don't like ever leave the baby anywhere. Just like maybe keep it in eyesight every single second you can, which is why we install cameras in to watch them while they sleep. Don't keep your eyes off of them, right? Like imagine they come home and I'm like playing Super Smash Bros. And they're like, "Where's where's little Teddy? And I'm just like, oh yeah, where is that guy, right? It's like, ah! Nightmare, stuff of bad things, right? Not good, not good things would happen, right? Don't keep your eyes off of him, right? Not a good idea. This earnest plea, do not let my words, my wisdom, my direction, the truths of scripture escape from your sight. Have it locked in. Is your relationship treasuring truth? Is your relationship focused in on truth? Well, how do I, how do I keep truth at the center of my relationship? How, how do I keep biblical truth in the center of my relationship? Well, I'd say number one, always be dwelling on this truth of Scripture individually, not with this other person necessarily right away. Do it by yourself individually. Be attentive to the words and the uh, the scriptures and the wisdom from others. Right, be attentive of that by yourself. Keep your prayer time, your time in the Bible, your time. Uh, you know, with other believers in small group, keep that for you at the center of your life individually. It doesn't necessarily need to be about you and this person right away. Number one, make sure it's in your heart. And then number two, find a mentor who will guide you on this journey as you date, right? AKA, find that person, right? This text, verse 20, find the person who is willing to say, you know, my son, my daughter, this person who I'm helping love and guide, find someone who can do that in your life. Because healthy relationships always invite others into it. Healthy relationships always invite other people into the process. And really bad relationships isolate themselves from others. Like super unhealthy, sinful relationships, nine times out of 10 are focused on themselves and they intentionally put a step in between them and their community and mentors. And if you watch yourself doing that, slowly stepping away from other people, then I can guarantee you, you're not valuing wisdom from others. Just in a, a few other, you know, I'm gonna flip over here to um, the next part of Proverbs, Proverbs 11, you don't have to turn there, but it says this, where there's no guidance, of people falls. But in abundance of counselors, there is safety. Wisdom, this big journey that you will go on, whether now or in your future, requires multiple people to be involved. And if you're like, well, I don't want like, them with me 24-7, why not? I bet you can't think of a good answer. Why wouldn't you want people around you 24-7? Probably not for good reasons. So you always want to invite others in. Proverbs 9:8. a correct man, correct a wise man, right? rebuke a person who is wise and they will thank you for it, Proverbs 9 tells us. A fool isolates himself. Don't be a fool. Don't be foolish. Find someone, a mentor, and a community of people who can treasure you. And then three, be sensitive, of course, to the guidance of the Lord, the direction of the Lord. Things change a lot, all the time, you know, especially in high school and college. Like, I think I've moved like 10 times in the past three years just to different apartments, different, like it's just, it just happens. Things change a lot be sensitive to where God's leading you individually. Don't set any like non-negotiables like, "Well, I like this person and like I'm going to hold on to it for as long as I can have everything in an open grip before the Lord." Pray about it. Be sensitive to where God is leading you. So value truth for yourself individually. Value truth from other people and then value the guidance of the Holy Spirit in this relationship or future relationship. So, verse 3, Uh, verses, the first three verses here, all about valuing truth, loving truth, seeing it, not just listening, but treasuring it. To do what? To keep your heart with all vigilance. The heart that is full of truth, you will keep it, for from it flow the springs of life. Your life your future, everything, it all, it's all right there, the innermost part of who you are. And then 24 through 27, it says this, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So number one, Uh, healthy relationships, wise relationships, treasure truth, and then wise relationships encourage proximity to Jesus. This life that we're called to live, uh, guiding, uh, you know, with guidance and wisdom behind us, keeping our hearts and guarding our hearts with vigilance, these next few verses speak to our future and our upward trajectory. They follow a denial of sinfulness and worldfulness and focus the listener on an upward trajectory closer and closer to the path of truth. And ultimately, we know that this path leads us closer to Christ. Something in all four of these verses, there's something, there's a common thread throughout all of them. If you look closely, right? Verses 24, 25, 26, and 27, they all have specific commandments, specific action items, so to speak, right? Put away things. Put away crooked speech specifically. 25, let your eyes look directly forward. Number 26, ponder, think about, dwell on where you're going. And 27, don't swerve. Don't go to the left or to the right. The thing that's common amongst all these, they're action items, but they all require action on our side. They all require specific attention. They are not just things that will naturally happen if if you don't think about them, right? There's not just things that will uh, sporadically happen, right? We guard our hearts and we prioritize the straight and narrow described here in scripture. We prioritize uh, putting away sinfulness, looking directly forward, pondering, thinking about, dwelling about your steps, and not swerving to the left or to the right. This is ultimately the call of holiness. This is the call to not just know the truth, but now while you're guarding your heart, living out that truthfulness and to living out that holiness. It's a call and it's a trajectory towards sanctification. And all your relationships need to help you, encourage you to have that proximity to Jesus, to have that proximity to the upward call of Christ. And if your relationship is in whatsoever, in any way, causing you to do the opposite of any of these four verses, then that is a major red flag right there in and of itself. That is a major problem because all healthy relationships, again, whether you're dating now or in the future, or you've seen a relationship go wrong, every relationship needs to encourage proximity to Jesus. They need to value, right, are you together, right, if you are dating, are you together watching crooked speech or evil speech or evil language dissolve? Are you watching together this direction towards the Lord? Are you together thinking and dwelling about the wise steps to take? Are you encouraging each other to continue straight and to not fall into temptation or into sin? And because the simple answer is, if any of those answers are no, if any of it is, well, we are swerving, we are wandering off the path, I'm not thinking as clearly about the Lord as I used to be, I am not dwelling with him, well, then there's your answer on whether or not the relationship should continue. And the answer is no. Because all relationships value this upward trajectory towards truth and towards Christ. All good relationships, all healthy biblical relationships should. And I'm not saying everyone is required to be perfect, but I'm saying in high school and middle school, verse 23 is so essential to keep and to guard your heart, to protect your heart, right? To not just let anyone walk through and, 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 and Uh, fool around, mess around, and to just, you know, allow you to walk to different levels of sinfulness that you haven't before, and then to just leave you. Verse 23 is essential to guard and protect your heart, to set those boundaries, to set those proper distances between you and this person. It's the call of the Christian. It's a call to holiness because you're never in your life going to find a new level of sanctification with the Lord by just accidentally stumbling into it, right? You're never going to you know, achieve a new level and to dwell in the blessings of a new level of holiness by just walking through an apathetic days, You're not gonna slip and slide your way into a new level of friendship with God. It takes work and practice and discipline and guidance. And so are you in a spot right now that you can worry about that for yourself and also be in a relationship, emotionally relationship with someone else? And if you're in the spot right now where you're like, yes, then I would say seek wise counsel, be with people. But if the overwhelming majority of you in the room are like, not really then I would say, that's, that's good. Probably be thinking those things, especially as a 13, 14, 15-year-old, 16-year-old. That's probably the place that I'm trying to get you to recognize and understand. But that's the place where the Lord should be guiding you and directing you. So this is the call, right? It's to value truth, guard your heart, and to live that truth out. And we do that throughout our time in high school, throughout our time as believers and if you're in a relationship right now, you have to ask yourself some of these key questions. Am I protecting my heart? Am I walking into this relationship with not appropriate physical or emotional boundaries? Am I in this relationship with this person and we're clearly not valuing holiness the way that we should? And if any of those que- if you're asking those things and you're like, well, the answer's now for me, then I would say the call to dwell and to be with Christ is so much higher. The call to be with Jesus and to dwell with Jesus personally and just be a friend to the people around you, to be an encourager of your brother and sister in Christ, it is such a better call for right now. It is such a better play for you. Are you putting away these things? Are you closer to Jesus because of the person or with this person, or despite this person that you're dating? And if the answer is no, we'll then evaluate. Now, if you're not dating right now, one day you may be. And so we have to ask the question, is it wise for me right now? Is it wise for me to date in high school or middle school right now? Keeping all this in mind, right? Keeping all this in mind, is it wise? Well, number one, ask your authority, your parents, grandparents, whoever you are um, biblically Kind of falling under their leadership and guidance. If mom and dad say no, well then there's your easy answer. You still live in their house and you listen to them. If they're like you can't date, then like you can't date, and that's that. But if your parents haven't given you guidance and wisdom, again we have to keep these truths in mind. Keeping the truths in mind that dating is for marriage, that there are uh, emotional and physical boundaries that should not and cannot be crossed in a Christ honoring way, and also keeping in mind that our hearts are the most valuable thing about us, that our hearts, the way the Lord looks at us, that he sees us, it's the most valuable thing about us, is it right now appropriate for you to have that relationship, to welcome that person in, uh, to know you and to be with you in a more personable way? And I would say for the majority of people, I would say it's wise to avoid dating in high school, middle school. It's wise to just take time to be and to grow as a human and a person as as a human, human being. But if you are dating and you feel like it's appropriate, are you welcoming in community constantly? Are you open about maybe your struggles? Are you open about what you're doing with your time? Are you open about these things? Because that is a healthy relationship, welcoming, inviting others in. I want us to think about this. I'm going to flip there, Proverbs 1. The very beginning, the very beginning of Proverbs, verse two, it says this, the point of wisdom, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand the words of insight, to receive instruction and wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in their learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Right now, you are in the spot to obtain so much wisdom and guidance, right? We were called out there, youth, to give guidance to the simple, right? That's kind of being like, it's kind of a funny way to call someone, a simple person. To give guidance to the simple, to give truth and guidance to the youth. This is your time right now to grow in truth, to grow in wisdom, to grow with you and the Lord because it's not about focusing on like trying to find the one, trying to find that person, praying about that person. Right now in high school, it's about working to be a person who is ready and emotionally mature enough one day to welcome in someone to a relationship with them. It's not about finding the person, it's about being a person who is ready for a relationship. And if that is uh, in the future, then that is a totally awesome thing. Hear my words. That's totally awesome. It's time to grow in wisdom and in stature and in understanding. And so as we close, as we think about here, uh, the truths here, knowing that we get to protect and to keep our heart, there may be some people in the room that when we talk about things like this, they get kind of uncomfortable because they feel ashamed of a certain uh, thing or a certain sin that they may have committed. They may be ashamed or or, are kind of uh, discouraged and thinking, man, I don't know if I can have a healthy relationship one day because of X, Y, and Z. And unfortunately, so much of us, and we believe in um, we believe in maintaining, you know, the the boundaries between uh, people who are not married, separate, keeping those physical boundaries, those emotional boundaries, very firmly. And we believe uh, anything beyond what is described in Scripture would be sin but there's so many people who may listen to things like this and get really discouraged and really down or really uh, upset or nervous. And oftentimes, sometimes the teaching is, is driven out of fear, right? Like the fear is like, well, if you mess your life up in high school, no one's gonna want you in college, right? Like if you go around and you mess up with these things and some people use the analogy of like a flower and they're like, well, imagine like you like pulling a rose off every time and there's this like ugly flower at the end of it. And, and, and please hear my heart. While we are growing and obtaining holiness, while we are believing strongly in what the word says, there is somebody who wants us despite the things we've done in our past, and that's Jesus. There's a person who loves you and will care about you way more than anyone else in this world has ever done. And his name is Jesus. And despite the sin, despite things that maybe make you feel uncomfortable or ashamed or concerned for your future with someone else, Jesus loves you and values you, and he takes, you know, everyone in. He takes the people who turn from their sin and who embrace him in faith, and he changes them, right? In Joel, the prophet, it says that the Lord has restored the years that the locust has eaten, And many people in this room, leaders, myself, can testify that even the sin, even the ways that we've not been perfect in the past, the Lord can rescue and redeem those things. And the Lord loves you and he wants you uh, to be holy, but he wants you to know he loves you, he cares for you. It's an upward call to love truth, to guard your heart and to walk that truth out. Jesus always accepts, he always loves, but we should turn from the things that would cause him um, that would cause us to swerve to the left or to the right. And so, all this to say dating, good idea, bad, or, bad idea. I'm not specifically going to say, you know, up from front, I say it's probably wise to dwell on the side of caution, to, you know, to lead against it. But again, prayer, wisdom, having a connect leader, a community group leader, to know, uh, you know, that there are people in the room who are praying with you, guiding with you, and directing you through this process. So, um, Let's pray together and let us uh, dwell on these truths. Again, if we're not even in a relationship with someone, there's so many things we can open our hearts and our, our souls to. There's so many things that we can do to not protect our hearts. And so there might be a thing this week. There may be a person, there may be a situation, there may be a certain thing that you need to walk away from this week because you know your heart and your soul has just been leading to sin. And the Lord is the one who guides us and directs us, right? It's not our call to be perfect. We know that the Lord welcomes us in and he rescues us. He heals us and he sets us on the path of righteousness. He leads us in the way of everlasting. So let's pray together. God, we love you. Thank you for these truths from scripture. Help us to be wise. God, help us to be wise when we have that person that we like really like, we really care about. God, we know that those emotions and feelings aren't wrong. We know that um, if it's ordained by your word, it it is a good thing, but help us to be wise in the in-between. Help us to be wise in the the moments when we're 15, 16, 17, when we're clearly not ready to be uh, married yet and to be one with another person. I pray that you would guide us, keep us safe. God, thank you that we don't have to be perfect, Thank you for the reality that your son has saved us. Thank you that you're bigger than we thought uh, you were. Thank you for the fact that you have welcomed us in, that you've looked upon uh, the person who couldn't save themselves, the person who was dirty, who needed to be cleaned up. And you are the one who's done that. You're the one who's rescued and redeemed us. So help us in this moment in the next few weeks and as we're praying and dwelling on these truths Help us to apply them in our heart. Help us to understand that our hearts are precious and that you desire to dwell with us closer than anyone else. That you desire to be with us, to to teach us truths, to guide us in truth and wisdom and understanding. God, help us to sing in this moment with joy and knowing that you've saved us, you've rescued us, and you have life and good things for us right? The blessings of your word, the blessings of your truth. It's not material. It's not here on earth necessarily, but it's the blessings of being closer to you. And so help us to sing that with truth and with joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together and celebrate what God has done.